the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Before ever ask. The following program is sponsored No Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy offers some sage counsel from the book of Ecclesiastes. We don't live our Christian lives on explanations. We live them on promises. Life can be inexplicable because of the madness of sin and the inscrutability of God. Therefore, we have got to look beyond the why question and solve our problems in the who question. It's a matter of trust. It's a matter of fearing the God who gives us life. history, men and women have tried to answer their big life questions with education. And today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy calls us to find our answers in Jesus Christ. While education has its place and knowledge has its purpose, we're learning that apart from God, life cannot be lived well or wisely. It's only through a relationship with Jesus Christ that we can know who we are, why we're here, and where we're going. Philip points us to Jesus in a message titled, Chasing Pretty Bubbles. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, a study I've entitled Chasing Pretty Bubbles. Are any of you chasing pretty bubbles? Solomon did. We do. We chase those things in life that, that seem to promise us so much, but deliver not very much, that all are a grasping after the wind. You see, Solomon himself gave himself to those things that in the end proved to be nothing more than a chasing of pretty bubbles. And you and I will want to hear what he has to say because these are the things that we chase. These are the pretty bubbles that we believe are going to make the difference in our lives and we will reach out only to find them burst and become nothing. Listen to what he tells us. In verses 12 through 18 of chapter 1, he talks about the silver bullet of intellectualism. He puts on the cap and gown of the philosopher. And Solomon begins to muse on the thought that ignorance is our worst enemy. Here's the problem. Why do we feel the way we feel? Why at times doesn't life add up? Because you know what? There's that missing piece. And it'll be found in an acquisition of knowledge. Education will prove to be our redemption. And Solomon has said, hey, I'm going to turn, overturn every stone. I'm going to you know, go to the finest of schools. I'm going to send my ships and my sailors out across the world. I'm going to finance research in the best schools. I'm going to put the best brains to work. And we're going to get down deep into life. We're going to look at it from every angle. And I'm sure at some point we'll find that missing piece that will fill the hole in our soul. He says, I have ransacked the libraries and I've walked the halls of learning and I'm back empty-handed and empty-headed. The test tube 
and the lecture hall offer no satisfactory understanding of life. And there stood the wisest man in the world feeling cheated and confused. We would do well to learn that, wouldn't we, as a culture? Listen to your news. Listen to um, the programs on television. Education is the panacea to all our ills. Whatever social issue they're dealing with, whatever moral dilemma they're dealing with, whatever international problem they're dealing with, it's all about ignorance. What's the solution to teenage pregnancy? Sex education. What's the solution to poverty? Get these young people off the street and in the night school. What's the solution to those who are chronically depressed? Psychology, psychiatry, sitting down and learning from a psychologist or psychiatrist. Solomon would beg to differ. He would tell us as a society and as a culture, while there is value in education, Solomon's not denigrating knowledge to any degree here. He's just saying it's not the silver bullet. At best, knowledge is a critic It points out the problems, but it is no counselor. It has no solutions. It has no redemptive value. It can't change the heart of man. It can't mold or transform the character of man. I love the story. I don't know if you've heard of it, of a dwarf, Charlie Steinmetz. But what he lacked in physical prowess, he made up in mental ability. He was a marvel in his day when it came to electricity. So much so that Henry Ford, realizing this, hired him to build the vast generators in those early days that, that, that drove the first Ford plant in Dearborn, Michigan. The wee man was a genius. He could put things together. He could make machinery work. And the Ford plant rolled into life and cars began to ro- roll off the assembly line. But on one particular day, it all comes to a stop. The Ford mechanics tried to get the machines working, but to no avail. And so desperate, Henry Ford calls and Charlie Steinmetz to come to the factory. He does, and he fiddles with this gauge, and he tinkers with this motor, and he tries this button, and a little wiring here, and a little tinkering with the switch there. And within a few hours, the motors in that big generator roar back into life, and production starts again. A couple of days later... Charlie Steinmetz sends uh, Henry Ford a bill for $10,000. Henry Ford was a little taken aback. He thought this was rather exorbitant. And so he calls Charlie Steinmetz up and he complains. He says, you know what? A couple of hours work, you tinkered here and you tinkered there, $10,000? He said, you know what? For tinkering with your motors, $10,000. For knowing where to tinker, $9,990. It's a great story. And it makes a great point. There's only one person who truly knows how to fix us. And that's the God who made us. And the true knowledge of life and the true experience of life begins with him. That's what Proverbs teaches us. That wisdom begins in the fear of God. How can a man claim to be wise and acknowledge the God who gave us life, who in his great mind designed life and its purpose and its value and the things that make it work? That's why Paul warns us again and again, Romans 1.22, I quoted early, in our wisdom we became fools. It is the fool who says there is no God, and it is the greater fool who acknowledges God and then ignores him 
day by day. And Solomon is saying, hey, intellectualism isn't a silver bullet. It can help point out certain patterns and trends in life, but it never offers a solution, and it cannot get to the bottom of life, its mystery and its meaning. And he gives us two reasons why, and we'll end up here practically and pastorally. Here's the number one reason why, why education and intellectualism and knowledge is not the silver bullet when it comes to life. Because Solomon says in verse 15, even after the most rigorous investigation of life by the means of wisdom, life still remained a closed book. Look at verse 15. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. Life, says Solomon, cannot and will not allow itself to be reduced to a neat system of maxims, where A plus B plus C equals D and E. Life can't be reduced to an equation. The crooked cannot be made straight. I set out to understand life, and the more I knew to the degree, the less I knew, and even what I came to know, it left things unknown. I live in a cloud of unknowing. When he talks about here, what is lacking cannot be numbered, he's talking about the gaps in his understanding. There's some things that have happened to you, some things that have happened to me, that basically cannot be straightened out in our thinking. What is crooked cannot be made straight. You and I may get ourselves another degree. We may even get to a doctorate level. And you'll still be left mystified about life in all its fullness and in all its futility. That's partly due to our finiteness. And it's partly due to God's infinity. God's ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And then man acts madly. He acts out of a debased mind, and he brings that debased mind to try and understand the things he did in madness. Life is a riddle sometimes that defies understanding. It's an account that refuses to be balanced. And you and I could learn from Solomon, what is crooked cannot be made straight. When it comes to life, we'll just have to admit sometimes that what we're going through is just the way things are. We can rack our brains wishing it was otherwise. We can work for it to be otherwise, but we won't change a thing about what's happening. So write this down and think about this. Life will always have its questions, and it will always be shy of an answer. And you better come to terms with that. This is the best mind who has undertaken the widest research possible. And he says, hey, knowledge doesn't give you all the answers. There's things about life that stymie your understanding. Life will always have its questions and will always be shy of an answer. Don't put your life on hold waiting for an answer to a past problem or to a present problem. The answer may have to await heaven. Remember what Jesus says to his disciples, what I do now, you don't know. And I'll explain it to you hereafter. Paul reminds us that we know in part, but then face to face. There are things that God permits in life. There are things that God allows in our day-to-day experience that only God can understand. But even with the best of minds, you and I will find that the crooked things of life cannot be made straight. That's why C.S. Lewis said this, our first words in heaven may well be, of course. 
Because here we are today, not understanding what God's doing. Life seems to be so jumbled up and messed up and twisted. And we're trying to straighten it out and make sense of it, and we can't. But when we get to heaven, we'll be able to say, through the knowledge that God will give us as he makes the crooked straight in our minds, of course, all things do work together for good. Oh, Lord, I see what you were doing there. From up here, I see it down there. I hadn't a clue. In my finiteness, some people are stuck on some incident in their life they can't make sense of. Why did this happen to me? Why? Why? You need to move past the past because the crooked sometimes will never be made straight. Life can be infuriating. It's a fallen world. And then we have the inscrutability of God on top of that. You and I will deal with head-scratching experiences in life. There will be no final answer in a fallen world. It's messy, it's miserable, and it's often mysterious. And that's why when it comes to life, as with Gulf and Calcutta, you're going to have to play the ball where the monkey drops it. Do you want me to explain that? All right. If you go to Calcutta, you can play at the Calcutta Country Club and Golf Course. It's a golf course to rival with any. It's manicured greens. It's beautiful fairways. It's got a beautiful clubhouse and a beautiful course. But nestling among the trees are monkeys. And so often when somebody hits their drive down the fairway and the ball's rolling down the fairway, you'll hear a rustle in the trees and a monkey will come running out and he goes after the ball. And as he goes after the ball, the caddy goes after the monkey, swinging a a nine iron and and howling like a banshee, seeking to scare the monkey off. Sometimes the monkey does get scared off. Other times it grabs the ball and it's head towards the trees. The uh, caddy, if he does his work well, will so frighten it that it will drop the ball. And rule 10 tells you, play the ball where the monkey drops it. That's a fact. You can research the story yourself. Sometimes in life, we don't like the lie of life, do we? And right now, where your life is, you don't like the lie. You're in the rough. The grass is thick. You wish it was an easier shot than it is. Now, you can cry, and you can yell, and you can get angry all you want, but I want to tell you, you're going to have to play the ball where the monkey dropped it. It's just one of the lessons in life. Because the crooked will not be made straight this side of heaven. Life can be stupefying, infuriating, and mysterious because of the sin of man and because of the inscrutability and wisdom of God. And we could do well to learn. If if Solomon learned anything, he learned, hey, you better just deal with life as it is because knowledge isn't the silver bullet. Even the best of minds can't make sense of everything. That's why Paul says, what I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. In the sufficiency and strength of Christ, I will play the ball where it lies. Sometimes it's on the fairway, I abound. At other times it's in the rough, I'm abased. But I'll play the ball where the monkey dropped it. That's just the way life is. If you're going to wait for life to get better before you're going to live it, it'll be a long time coming. Here's the second thought where we finish. Verse 18, paradoxically, painfully, man finds out in a hurry that as you investigate life, some things are just a riddle that can't be understood. 
And on the other hand, you also are infuriated by this fact, verse 18, that much knowledge brings much grief. And an increase of knowledge increases sorrow. What Solomon's saying, he's saying this, the more you know, the less you know. Or the more you know about what you can know, the more you don't want to know. It's basically what he's saying. Solomon's attempt to solve the problem of life through wisdom only exacerbated the problem. He said, that's no solution. Because remember, the beginning of wisdom begins in the fear of God, not at the feet of some scholar. Solomon will say, won't he, in chapter 12 of the writing of books, there is no end, and study is a weariness to the soul. Now, Solomon's not denigrating knowledge. He's just trying to put an understanding on it that it's not the silver bullet. The true wisdom is found in God's word. True wisdom is found in the fear of God. Warren Wearsby, in a book of his on the Psalm, said this, and I've learned it as a young Christian, and I've tried to remind myself of that often. We don't live our Christian lives on explanations. We live them on promises. You may want to write that down. That'll do you good. You can't live the Christian life on explanations. Because God's too wise to make a mistake and God's too wise to explain himself. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's thinking is a notion. Our brains are a thimble. It just doesn't work. And it often comes down to just trusting God. Trusting God when the crooked can't be made straight. Because you can sit and try and untie that knot and it'll only infuriate you because with increased knowledge comes increased sorrow. The more you get into a problem doesn't solve the problem. It often just makes the problem bigger. And if you're going to try and live life on explanations, you're going to infuriate yourself. You're going to have to live them on promises. Life can be inexplicable because of the madness of sin and the inscrutability of God. Therefore, we have got to look beyond the why question and solve our problems in the who question. It's an amazing thing. Read about Job. Job lost his health, lost his wealth, lost family. I mean, the lights went out. He was turned upside down. His whole experience turned inside out. Read the book of Job, and you'll find that God doesn't explain himself to Job. There's no explanation of why God put Job through what he put him through. There was an explanation in the mind of God. And we know from chapter 1, Job didn't know this. When the curtains pulled back, there was a a cosmic conflict going on. And Satan was asking permission to attack Job. But Job's totally oblivious to all of that. And even when he seeks God in the midst of his trouble, and he curses the day he's born, and he's crying out for an answer, does God give him an answer? No. God becomes the answer. Because life's problems are never solved by answering the why question. They're answered by answering the who question. Job got to know God better. And he had to leave it there. An all-powerful, all-wise, all-sovereign God. That's why I love this verse. Do you not? Job 23, verse 10. He knows the way I take. And when I'm come forth, I will come forth as gold. Though he slay me, Yet will I trust him. I don't know what God's up to in this. This God may even mean my death in this, but I'm going to trust him. Because you see, Job's peace is solved not with 
the why question being answered, but the who question being answered, he knows. And I know that he knows, and I know who he is that knows. And that's okay with me. He's holy. He's just. He's loving. He's wise. He's sovereign. And what doesn't make sense to me makes sense to him. And I'm going to play the ball where the monkey dropped it, and I'm going to live on the promise of God's character and God's wisdom and God's power. That's how you live life. Because life can't be solved in a test tube or it can't be explained in a classroom. It's a matter of trust. It's a matter of fearing the God who gives us life. God might just say to us, hey, in all things, it'll work together for good. My grace is sufficient. I can give you a peace that passes all understanding. My ways are perfect. And all my actions just. When you know who knows, that's all you need to know. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for our journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. We thank you for its raw realism. And we have listened with great interest to the testimony of one of the great kings of the world. A man who had it all, did it all. A man of colossal understanding and knowledge. And as he sought to understand all that goes on under the sun, he, re- he came off that college campus disillusioned. All that research, all that studying, all those books added up to a chasing after the wind. The answer lay somewhere else. And though, God, we know where it lies. It lies in the beginning of our fearing of you. That's where the beginning of wisdom starts. Lord, may we this day fear you, reverence you, submit to you, give our lives to you, The answers belong to you. The secret things belong to you. But we know who you are, and that's all we need to know. And we trust your wise government of our lives. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ in whom all the wisdom of God was treasured up. Thank you for your word, which makes wise the simple. Help us to trust Jesus. Help us to study your word. Help us to trust you that when it's all been said and done, we will come forth as gold. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're learning that the crooked can't be made straight apart from Jesus Christ. You're listening to Philip DeCourcy here on Know the Truth. Our study in Ecclesiastes offers us comfort and hope that God makes everything beautiful in His time. Today's message titled Chasing Pretty Bubbles is also this month's free gift. If you're a new listener or if you've never reached out before, call us today and ask for this free CD message. Our volunteers are standing by at 888-644-8811. Or request the CD message when you visit us online at ktt.org. Now, it's no exaggeration that Know the Truth wouldn't be here without you. It's the financial support of listeners like you that makes it possible for us to share the bold and convicting Bible teaching of Philip DeCourcy all through the year. And today we hope you'll make a generous donation to keep Know the Truth on the air and on the web. We count it a privilege to join with you to share the good news with listeners in your community. And when you give today, we'll send you a book Philip can't wait to get into your hands. It's a commentary that explains why everything matters. 
by respected author and Wheaton College president Philip Riken. Riken writes to put on display the gospel that is written into all the verses of Ecclesiastes. His book, Why Everything Matters, rightly points us to Jesus and the meaning our Savior brings to everyday life. It's an encouraging and easy-to-read commentary. Request Why Everything Matters when you make a generous donation of $20 or more to Know the Truth. Call right now, 888-644-8811, or go to ktt.org. You can also send your gift to us by mail. Just write to us at Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. That's all our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Learn more about the real meaning of life when you join us Friday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. One of the great privileges of... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.